Hey everyone, welcome to the Zelda Informer podcast, episode number 10, I believe. Uh, this week, we have a special guest who was supposed to be here two weeks ago, and then bailed, and then bailed again last week. It's not my fault! <laughs> <laughs> HMK is in the house. What's up, guys? How's How you doing? I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. I'm glad you could finally make it. Thought it was going to be like two months later. <laughs> uh, a co-host is also here, as usually. I, I'm not going to say as always. As Alfred. usually. <laughs> yep, I'm here. And we have our comic artist, Mr. Trey, returning yet again for his second week in a row. How's it going, everyone? Awesome, awesome. All right. So this week, we didn't get a lot of news um, in terms of Zelda. But we're still going to talk about Zelda since this is a Zelda podcast. And we're going to go through a topic we didn't quite get to last week. And that's because we don't have anything else to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So that topic, uh, it's basically how the trailer that they released for Breath of the Wild, or as it was called at the time, The Legend of Zelda for Wii U, in 2014... Uh, basically became the base for the entire game. So, Eiji Noma in an interview said that after creating the trailer, he really wanted to put that in the game. So he ended up making it come true. There's a lot I learned from that trailer. Once we'd put that element in the game, it made us think, what else can we do with this enemy? How else could we fight it? It expanded a new story idea as well, and the trailer became the basis for the whole game. And the mechanic that he's talking about is the flipping off the horse, slow motion, shooting thing in the eye. That wasn't in the game at the time. Um, so he really wanted to get that in the game, and once they did that, they kind of used the whole trailer to, for everything. And what, what, what's interesting is that somehow that expanded story, um, I, I don't get that. So uh, what do you guys think about the idea that apparently in 2014, when they were all gung-ho that this game was coming out in 2015, that suddenly that trailer like made them rethink the whole game? Well, uh, I remember at one point reading uh, something along the lines of how what when Eiji Aonuma was uh, explaining why the game was delayed, why the game was delayed. Uh, when reading that interview, even though my blood was boiling every time around, I'm like, we could have had this <laughs> game already. Um, he did state that uh, some mishaps among uh, when communicating with his team. There are things that he didn't like about the game. There are things he didn't like about the game. But when he said when he saw things he didn't like, he would tell them, I don't like this. But when he saw things he did like. He didn't say that he liked it, so a lot of the stuff that he did like when they were developing the game ended up getting scrapped the next time he would see the team. And so I guess that... Yeah, thanks, AJ Noma. Yeah. I, I guess that kind of um, was like uh, in that whole thing uh, since he's saying that, oh, we had to build uh, this up. Um, this is what we had in mind in 2014. So like a lot of things must, must have shifted along the line... Uh, along. Um, Breath of the Wild's development, which is really, really weird, and I, I really hate when Nintendo does that because they do, they seem to do that a lot, uh, especially with Twilight Princess, because there are a lot of things in the first few trailers for uh, Twilight Princess. Um, E3 2014, GDC 2005. Uh, no, wait, why am I saying 2014? I meant to say E3 2004, GDC 2005. Oh, um, like the best unveiling of a game ever, right? <laughs> that we saw a lot of stuff in those two trailers that we did not see in the final game, and I it just. Made makes you wonder i'm like what what was that stuff i just want to know what was that thing they scraped like we saw that um yeah, like 
Yeah, go ahead. Giant forest, big battle in the open field. Right, and Where then the, um, the <laughs> castle looked completely different. We saw like a giant wooden man in, in the middle of a forest. We saw these dungeons that we would never step foot in. I just wanted to know what that was. So I feel that's a very similar case to what's happening with Breath of the Wild. Like there was a lot of stuff he had planned for the game. Um, around the time of, e of 2014 and 2015, but that miscommunication that uh, attributed to uh, the game's delay, uh, I'm, I feel that was because of a lot of stuff that he liked end up getting scraped, and then he had to go back to the drawing board, and that drawing board was the E2014 trailer, and then that's the stuff he had to incorporate into the game. I feel that might have been uh, a case, you know, that might have been something that happened. Sure, sure. Uh, Trey and Alfred, you got anything else to say? Um, it's, this kind of reminds me of uh, what you see in movies a lot, where what you see in the trailer, you see a bunch of scenes in the trailer that aren't don't either don't make it into the final cut of the movie or like just for the purpose of telling a bit of a story in the trailer. Um, I think the clearest one of the clearest examples of that I can think of is um, Love It or Hate It, The Amazing Spider-Man Two, where there's that one line where um. Harry says to Peter, hey, you're being investigated or something like that. And Peter replies, why? And he says, well, isn't that the question of the day? That line never made it into the movie. Another more uh, extreme examples of stuff like this where you see um, big scenes that you see in a uh, movie trailer. You're like, wow, I can't wait to see that in the movie. And it, it never happens. Um, and so it's kind of disappointing when that happens in video games, too, because you look at something... Um, like you're talking about the E3 trailer for uh, Twilight Princess or the GDC trailer, um, where you look at something and you're like, man, I can't wait to play that, and then they change it. Um, I think in this case, when Hanuma said that whatever the game, like when they showed off the trailer for the first time at uh, the Game Awards, I think it was, um, the trailer they showed was quote-unquote actual gameplay. It was not scripted story. Um, and there was a there's a bit of buzz about that, and there was a uh, good fan reaction to that, because they saw this like cinematic battle that technically the player had control over, and so I imagine that he saw that and was like, "Wow, we we need to do more of that. We need to see more things like that that um, that could that seem like they're scripted, but they're not. They're things that the player can do um, in a very cinematic way." Um, and so it's it's kind of disappointing when we see things that don't make it into the game um, based on the trailers, but it's, it's also really cool to see how sometimes the response to those trailers fuel the game. Um, I, you know, this this whole thing has been in production for, we don't even know how long, could have been years before it was actually announced. Um, it's no Last Guardian, uh, but <laughs> it, it has taken its sweet time in coming out, and they've made sure to tease us with a bunch of stuff and like oh it's it's coming out this year we guarantee you it's coming out this year and <laughs> we guarantee you it's coming out no this year i know that we said that last year but this year's for sure so i don't think that uh if they delayed it again they'd keep much faith with their fans but um i do like the direction that the game's going and i'm glad to see that the response to that trailer was something that fueled it yeah i don't think we're gonna have to worry about a delay um technically the only official statement is that it's coming out next year. <laughs> so even if it doesn't launch with the NX, assuming the NX also keeps its launch period, um, 
Oh, that it's would be still not a terrible. delay. People might think it's a delay, but it's not officially a delay. If that game doesn't release with the NX, then that's going to be a major, major. Yeah, I don't know why it would. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a huge missed opportunity in order to give <laughs> it's the like, NX. This is the only start. game they showed off at E3. I went to E3, played the thing six and a half times, and then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not release it when the NX comes out. <laughs> All us Nintendo fanboys would just cry. Man. We, we need that for the NX. That would be so disappointing. <laughs> right, because oh, hey, Sony. They, ha they have to get this. Done. Wait, someone's new? No, I, like... I'd, I'd switch to Sony at that point. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to... Look at that. <laughs> but, man... Like... That, that's the straw that'll break everyone's back. Nintendo, <laughs> hope you're listening. Don't launch it outside of the NX launch window. They're not listening. Because you're going to lose everyone. <laughs> I mean, because, like, they, you saw what happened with Twilight Princess being released for the uh, Wii as launch style. That helped the sales a lot. And yes, they can't is. repeat what they did with Wii U. And I love the Wii U to death. I love my Wii U. But, I mean, they, the launch title, was, the launch lineup was so ass. What like, launch lineup? terrible. I know. Man. What? Like, <laughs> Just Dance. Hey, here's a, I, uh... another Super Mario game. <laughs> See, I'm... Okay. I know this is a little bit off topic, but you brought it up. I wrote a, <laughs> an editorial on this before the Wii U came out, and I actually went through the launch lineup for every Nintendo system, every PlayStation, every Xbox, every Sega system ever released. Uh, the Wii U's actual launch lineup isn't that bad. In fact, it's better than most systems' launch lineups. It's that they didn't... One, they didn't have like a killer game. As an example, when the N64 came out, it literally had one game at launch. But that one game... That's all they needed. Mario 64. That's all they like, needed. It was a, yeah, it was like a killer game. Yeah. Um, so it didn't necessarily have a killer game, but most console launches don't have a killer game. Most console launches sometimes don't even have exclusive games. Um, it's actually kind of crazy, because I, I was just like you uh, before the Wii U came out. I really wasn't that excited about the launch lineup. And then I started looking at it, I'm like, you know, this launch lineup isn't really that bad. At the time, Zombie U was exclusive. <laughs> Uh, it had what uh, had the new version, or it was an old version of Madden, but whatever, a new version of Madden coming out at the time. Uh, it had the current Call of Duty game coming out. It had Assassin's Creed Three. Uh, As okay. Assassin's mm -hmm. Creed. Like it, it actually had like a really solid lineup for launches, and then like the exclusive games. They got like four or five exclusive games, including obviously um, the Mario game, which I think is still a really good. No, game. No, I love it's that just, game. Uh, yo, that that <laughs> franchise. That, the new Super Mario Bros. franchise seems, like, kind of overdone. I thought the and one that came out with the Wii U was the Super Mario World. No, it was new no, Super no, Mario Bros. No, 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 that came oh, out that if holiday. It, if it was that one, it was came out that holiday. I, I retract yeah, my the, statement the then. I like that one better than new <laughs> like, Super Mario Bros. Yo, check this, check this, check this. Like, all of Nintendo's consoles since the Super Nintendo... Uh, home consoles have had a killer game. The Super Nintendo had Super Mario World. Come on. And uh, N64, as you said, Super Mario 64. The GameCube had Super Smash Bros. Melee. People were dying for that game. We, Twilight Princess. So, like, the Wii U, new Super Mario Bros. U is not up to standard. I mean, yeah, the games weren't bad, but they weren't amazing. And I'm like, you you need to strike the iron wall. Uh, you have to strike the iron wall. It's hot with the NX. They need to have Breath of the Wild as a uh, launch title, or you know, get ready for the loss of sales. But I mean, Kimishima, I believe in Kimishima because he's a businessman first and then a president. Uh, he's like the first business savvy president we've ever had in Nintendo. Um, sure. 
And I believe him saying that the reason why they pushed back the NX launch because apparently they 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 rumor has it they had it ready for um, holiday season this year, but they decided to push it back in order to have titles. And when he said that, because March is a very weird launch month for a console, so <laughs> well, I mean, there's tax returns, so oh that probably like that banking too. on that, that you know? yeah, that well, too. And it, there's a ta- it's tax return season, and on top of that, it's just before the end of the fiscal year. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's actually like if they're going to launch the NX and they want their, because uh, they already had like a really bad Q1. If they don't want, if they want to show optimism to their investors, like it can't be oh well we have the NX coming out later this year. No, it has to be optimism now. They need to see the NX is actually going to sell. Right. Um, and, and you know, and even at launch, it's going to sell a couple million because Nintendo. Always sells a couple million at launch, um, so it's it's probably gonna look good either way. Yeah, because I mean, like, if they get it out then. But I, I'm really I, I'm really curious to see what these launch titles are because Nintendo was so confident in pushing this thing back to March. I really want to know what this is. And come September, hopefully, we'll get the final reveal of the NX, what it is, and you know we sure. can see Breath of the Wild amongst that launch lineup. Because man, I just I need I don't want I need to be wowed <laughs> by this launch lineup. They better just bust out the Breath of the Wild, bust out a new Kirby, bust out an F Zero, bust out Pikmin Four, bust out Super Mario Galaxy Three. They just need to they need to just destroy. The dream, yeah. the, the dream lineup. The dream lineup. Well, so just a correction. Just a correction. Because um, I remember when I was doing that, that editorial about the launch lineups, uh, Nintendo has traditionally had pretty strong lineups, but they Melee was not a launch game. That came it wasn't? out the year after. No. No. Their big, their big game at launch was Luigi's Mansion, and that was a fantastic freaking game. It, it, it was a fantastic game, but it wasn't a system seller. It, well, it should have been. That game is should've severely been, underrated. Um, I'm just, I'm just literally going through the, the DS also did not have any killer. But it had games. Metroid Prime Hunters. Yeah, Metroid Prime Hunters. <laughs> uh, yeah, Super Mario 64 DS ended up being like the best-selling launch game. That was just a remake. Um, obviously we, we all know the Wii story and the Wii U story. So it's really mostly the, uh, what is it? I believe the Game Boy Advance, the, uh, Super Nintendo... And the NES all had pretty stacked launch lineups. See, but if you think about it, Nintendo has never really had, like, there's no real consistency with them. In well, you terms know, Game of Boy, that. I guess if you know, they had wait a minute, wait a minute, Super Mario Land. What, Melee came out a month after the after GameCube's release. Was it a month after? Yeah, what when that so it was the... within the launch window, but yeah. it wasn't a launch game. Man, okay. good enough, man. I will wait a month to get melee. <laughs> Fuck that. You're just like good enough. Good. Right? I'm just saying, like, you know, launch. Like, I know Nintendo likes doing this launch window stuff, but technically, launch lineups are what's available. When right, they right, 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 right. Um, but that's not really so what yeah, sells yeah, consoles. But GameCube though. did. GameCube just like the Wii. Like the Wii had Twilight Princess, obviously, but like, w- like in the months after it, they had like killer game after killer game coming out, like nonstop for that first year. Um, so it, it was, it, they really kept the momentum with core gamers, especially, um, obviously the casuals were eating up Wii Sports, plus, you know, Wii Fit, uh, Just Dance, all that stuff that was coming out at the time. Still coming out today, Just Dance. Man, Apparently I just... Still sells. I just want to know what, the, what, who, what Nintendo's thought process was with the Wii and the game lineup. I'm like, man, this thing is so dry. Like, compared to all the other systems, like, man. I think it was, like, Ubisoft has their back, so, you know, we can just put this out. 
and we get scribble knots. Yeah, well, that's actually one reason I I already have. I, I believe. Um, I know some people don't want to believe uh, Tetsu, Tetsumi Kimishima when he said that you know the NX didn't come out this holiday because they wanted to make sure they had enough games, not just at launch, but like in the first year. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, that actually makes sense because look at what just happened with the 3DS and the Wii U. Oh, the 3DS was, was there was big dry bad. spells, like at, at the beginning. The Wii U was worse than the 3DS because. At least the 3DS had, like, Ocarina of Time 3D. Oh, we even had to wait for that. That wasn't a launch title. Yeah. I remember I had to play, like, Samurai Warrior Chronicles, and I was, like, just three more months just shaking, like, like, three more months. The games were not that great. You had Street Fighter. Nothing. And then, like, Super Monkey Ball, Ridge Racer, and not a lot of good games. (laughs) I don't think there were any first-party launch titles for the 3DS. I... Were, were there none? I thought they I had. I don't remember any. It's, well, they had the AR. They had, they the had AR exclusives games. like they like had the Samurai Warriors, Pilot Wings, so that was it. Steel Driver, yeah, and Nintendo. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But none what of those are like. None of those were like. Oh man, I have to go buy a 3DS because Nintendo plus Cats is out. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's it, it's been an interesting period. Uh, so hopefully they nail it with the NX launch. They, they have no reason not to at this point. We haven't had Wii U games for essentially a full year. Um, plus, NX games probably started development at least two years ago. Uh, the launch lineup games, that is. And I'm, I'm really hoping that they just nail it out of the park. We'll see. Hopefully, the September rumors are true and we finally see what this thing is and what their plans are. Uh, we'll move on to our next topic. Uh, so... Earlier this week, I think it was this week, I wrote an editorial uh, talking about art style in the Zelda series and uh, how the Zelda series constantly changes the art style all the time and whether or not that's a good or bad thing and how it is compared to like gameplay and what's more important. So th- the topic I want to raise here, and I'm not going to say much about it because I've said a lot already, is how important do you guys think art style is for the Zelda series? Everything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's everything for me. That's it's everything. That is being, me, being, being an artist. It's everything to me. I'm I'm sorry. I gotta, that like you gotta like, it sets the tone. So like with uh, Twilight Princess, they have this serious like you know it's like a dark kind of theme tone art style. Whereas like Wind Waker has this cel shaded. I don't think it would work very well if they were like, oh, let's give Wind Waker this really dark you know tone. <laughs> And I might counter that. What if the gameplay just sucks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still think it's everything because think about like a game like uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn, right? Certain people look at that and be like, I'm not playing this. It's, it's oh, yarn, it's this, game. it's that. And yeah, exactly. It's a great game. I think that people, a lot of people look at it and they'll make their judgment before they actually play it based on the art style. Sure, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, when we're talking about Zelda, it's come to the point where like all you need to say is Zelda, and that's that's already a huge draw on itself. You I could feel... say Zelda CDI, though. I mean, first of all, it's, it's, those games are not called The Legend of Zelda. It's just Link's Faces of Evil and Zelda, Wand of Gamelon, and Zelda. But Triforce Heroes is called The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, and, you know, I, don't, I really don't hate that game as much as a lot of people are hating I don't, on that. I don't dislike like, it either, but it did not sell well. I oh, actually, I bought it and returned it, like, a day after I got Damn. it. Damn! <laughs> oh, <laughs> <dirty. laughs> 
<laughs> I actually, uh, I thought I love Triforce Heroes. I thought it's the level design time. was really great in that game. I really love the dungeons in. Uh, it Triforce felt like Heroes. a really short demo for a 3D Four Swords adventures. So I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, it's like it, that game is longer than a Link Between Worlds. No, I know. Yeah. It just it. it like, the levels felt short. Like, they're all based... I'm not going to get into that. Never mind. Oh, yeah. No, you can, yeah, you triggered, have to play it longer. Triggered, triggered, that's, okay. that's a separate, As you get deeper separate into it, topic the, for the another time. The levels get a lot longer. But uh, going back to art style, um, <laughs> I do... Uh, I, get, I get what he's saying about how it's everything, but I wouldn't say it's everything. I would say it's a very... Like, one of the most important things. Like, uh, like if it had to be boiled down to three core things of Zelda, it would be one of those three core things. And it's definitely art design because, I mean, you have... Like he said... You have to you when it comes to choosing your art design and how well you uh, present it. That is what conveys the message of the game or conveys the gameplay of the game itself. Like you know, Wind Waker, it's not going to look good, or I don't think it's going to play good if it had the Twilight Princess design and vice versa. But um, you know, it it it's that design that has to help show gamers what this game is capable of doing gameplay wise and story wise. It has to be that. Delivery. It's that backbone, I think. Yeah, there you go. It, it, yeah, it's it's a good backbone. I wouldn't say it's everything, but it is a big backbone, especially with uh, those other streams. Because I mean, uh, you can't really ask that question with something like you know Mario or Metroid <laughs> or something like because they they had a pretty consistent art style or pretty consistent style to their games. Uh, with some uh, slight variations here and there. But Zelda is always changing. Zelda is always evolving. The only thing that, are, that is constant in Zelda, I would say, is the, the, the story the, the story and the fluid character <laughs> designs in themselves. Uh, you know, we, we know what Link looks like. You can draw him in any type of style, but we know it's like, okay, that's Link. You know, oh, that's Zelda. Okay, that's Gandorf. You know, but um, when it comes to the art styles, it's always evolving. It's, it's ever-fluid. And um, that is a very important thing in Zola. So I do believe it's like it's the backbone. I wouldn't say it's like it's it's not everything because I believe that gameplay <laughs> is everything for Zelda. But it's definitely a backbone. You know, something very important, something that cannot sleep on. So, I uh, oh boy. art style is <laughs> it, it's important. I think we it's changed Nate's mind. <laughs> no, 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 you haven't. No, art style is important. That's that takes a miracle, Trey. I, yeah, no, right? <laughs> no, my mind has been changed a lot. I almost put a Zelda game above Zelda two on my favorite list. Was um, it Triforce Heroes? No, but Triforce Heroes did make my top five. I'm sorry, uh, I don't like that game. I tried. <laughs> I know you don't. It's okay. Most people don't like Zelda two either. So I love that I'm, game, but I I just can't. I'm used Triforce to people Heroes. hating the games I like. Um. Maybe I just have bad taste. <laughs> like a lot of people love Ocarina of Time. I just think it's yeah. Oh no. no! Don't don't start. Just let uh, him finish. He's not. Up. He's gonna keep See, going I on forever Skyward about Sword, it. And a lot of people don't I, like Skyward. I Sword. love Skyward Sword. I love Ocarina. Of Time. I think Ocarina of Time is number one to me, and Skyward Sword is number two. And a lot of people are like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I I I adore Skyward Sword." I think yeah. Ocarina of Time for me is like number fifteen. Ooh, oh boy! Oh boy! Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> oh, let's, not let's not start. Let's not start. No. Um. So art style obviously matters. I think art style invokes feelings in players, uh, especially when you talk about like hype levels. Just think about that Wii U tech demo that we're, we're never going to see again. <laughs> I'm 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 a bit salty about it that. It became like the most talked about thing at E3 that year. Despite other consoles or despite other games, and despite the fact it was just a tech demo, and it was like the most tweeted about thing out there. It was like Space um, World all over again. Yeah, kind of. 
Well, Twitter wasn't around back then, but if it was, <laughs> it would have been like that. Uh, the internet was a buzz as much as it could be before social media. Yeah, we just sent carrier pigeons back and forth back then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, I think art style matters. Uh, it's definitely important. But I also think the Zelda series does this weird thing. Okay, It's really unique in that there isn't really a singular visual identity for the series. They're, they will experiment with whatever art style they think fits whatever gameplay design that they're doing. So I think, uh, like what Trey was talking about with art style and like you know it, it you know being this big important thing, I think it's more so the art style they do it as a complementary feature to their gameplay. They don't really build it as we have to do this art style um, and let's build a game around it. And it, th- there's aspects to look at it. Like take the Wind Waker. The big reason the Wind Waker does what it does is because at the time they they. They really couldn't get the technology in the GameCube to render the sea fast enough to do it in any other art style. Like, they were kind of forced into a certain direction, um, and then they experimented with that direction and ended up enjoying it. I ended up loving it. A lot of us did. Some people still don't like it. Too bad. It happened. (laughs) Um, And it got remade and looked even better, so suck it. (laughs) Well, let me um, pose a question real quick. Say if, like, the new Zelda, not, you know, like, they make a new one down the line, and it has the art style of, say, Mad World. How would you feel about that? That, That's, dude, I'm imagining right now that shit would But but see, I I, I liked Mad World. Me too. I'm not not hating on Mad World, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's one of those things that you, you like, okay, that's a drastic change. Let me, you see the art style, and then you think about it, and you sit on it, and you're like, well, let me see the gameplay afterwards. Like I feel like seeing but like Mad World, like you're just that. gonna you're gonna kind of question yourself and be like, really? Like you know, you I know, don't know. This is how I feel. I was yeah, always see, hoping like, for I, like a stylistic Zelda. I've never felt Zelda. that way with Zelda games. Like I, I'll see a Zelda game unveiled, I look at the art, and I might be like, eh, that's not. I'm not really feeling it. But then I keep reminding myself, it's a Zelda game. Just play it, see what you think. Like when the Wind Waker was unveiled, I was that was back in 2002, or was it 2001? It was 2002. Okay. Yeah. So I would have been uh, 16. And I remember looking at it and being like, well, I'm kind of let down because I thought it was going to be something like Space World, which looked like an evolution of Ocarina of Time. So I was kind of let down. But I was like, but it's Zelda. Like, it, it's not going to suck. It can't suck. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've never, I've never, <laughs> at that point, I had never played a Zelda game I didn't love. And then so you I found like, Triforce Heroes. I love Triforce Heroes. <laughs> so, anyways, so I gave it a shot. I tried. I bought it day one. Gave it a shot, and I loved it. It was great. I it, the art style. It was definitely. Um, I went into it thinking it was going to be like a, a children's version of Zelda, and came oh, out I... of it with came out of it after the story completed and everything. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no kid's gonna get this. Yeah, like that game is like, way darker is than it looks on to be. <laughs> a lot of adult things are covered in that game and it it made me kind of realize as i look back on the series and the whole art style and why it matters so much is i still take issue that a lot of the times i think their art direction choices have been based on the hardware they're making the games on more than it's been based on um what they think visually looks best with a game like i I already mentioned like the wind waker choice was made because of they wanted to do this ocean thing and it just wasn't going to work uh, with how they wanted to do it on the GameCube in a different art style. Uh, in Twilight Princess, that was a reaction 
um, to fans in North America who were upset with the Wind Waker art style. And actually, to, uh, the, the current president of Nintendo was the one who told Eiji Noah, no, you cannot make the Wind Waker 2. Like, you can't <laughs> do that. People are not going to like it. Um, and that's what led to Twilight Princess. And that was a reactionary because that's a popular fantasy art style. And it sold really, really well, got people super hyped, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then Skyward Sword came out. Well, Skyward Sword was doing these things with motion controls, and they were on a system that wasn't in HD. And if they went for a similar style to Twilight Princess, which is how they started development, it wasn't going to look a lot different from Twilight Princess. So it actually was going to make the Wii itself not look that powerful because it's still making a game in 2011 that looks like a game in 2006. Um, so, like, they needed to do an art direction that looked better uh, without being in HD and didn't necessarily get direct comparisons to a game they've done before. Hence, they went with the painter style, which looks, I think, beautiful on the mm-hmm. Wii. Uh, it looks even better in HD, but, I mean, at the time, I didn't know any better. <laughs> Never saw it on emulator, and I thought it was awesome. Um, now we have Breath of the Wild, and Breath of the Wild has to deal with the limitations of the Wii U. Um, it's this huge, massive open-world game, uh, and... It's trying to do all this stuff in it, and I don't think if they went with a different art direction, let's say they went with a more Twilight Princess-esque art direction, I don't think they could do all the stuff they're doing with this game. I think it would take too long. You know, uh, I, honestly, I... And that, that's, kind of, that's kind of why I'm stuck, because I'm kind of like, I think the art directions aren't really chose for the reasons that people think they're chosen. Right, right. I think it's hardware-based. They, they mm-hmm. have to do certain things, um, and then if Zelda starts tanking, which they felt like it was with the Wind Waker... Then they're like, oh man, okay, we gotta go back and just like go with this the style everyone expects, because that's gonna sell. Well it's this weird pattern then, because they they make the game based on the hardware limitations of one console, and then people don't like that, so they base the next game around the graphics that they're trying to build, and then people don't like that, so then they go back to what they had originally. Um, well, it's not that people didn't like that. Like obviously Twilight Princess I believe combine if you combine the sales for GameCube and Wii, it is the best-selling Zelda game of all time. Yeah, but there so, were like, there were a lot of fans that didn't it. like it. Yeah, the people there's people who didn't no, like Ocarina uh, of Time, uh, like me, like you. <laughs> like it <laughs> doesn't it, like people not liking something. We're in the age of the internet. the The vast majority of people that played Twilight Princess loved Twilight Princess. Like it was very well worded. I remember at the time the hype building up to it. Um, the release and how excited most fans that I saw on social media things were. There were always critics, but they were like a vast minority that just wouldn't shut up. Um, and you could tell about the user reviews on Game Critic at the time, and like users were rating this game super high. Um, plus, all the media outlets were giving it like four out of fives, five out of fives. Um, so it, I think that. It, what I, what confused me about Twilight Princess is it was so successful sales wise um, that I, I think they didn't know what to do with art style after that because as I said the Wii just it was basically a GameCube I mean it was it, it was technically more powerful than a GameCube eh, but yeah. it was in all comparison you could look at GameCube games look at Wii games. Show them side by side. Ask people which console they're on, and unless they played the games and knew, they might not be able to tell you. Hmm. Um, you know, because sometimes you'd see control prompts on the screen. But like, if they had no background for the system, they just looked at them. You know, look at the visuals. Tell me wh- what game is this from, or what what system was it on? They might not even know. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think 
I think art style is important is more important I think to the fans than I really think it is important to Nintendo. I I think it works with the theme of the Zelda series cuz we talked about this I think uh, last podcast two podcasts ago whatever it was how um each Zelda game oh this was about the rebooting the Zelda series how each Zelda game is basically a reboot and it's always sure. it's almost always different the same premise same tropes but it's different characters or different Zelda different link and so the art style kind of reflects that the fact that each game is different in some way than the other aside from like you know direct sequels like uh you know Phantom Hourglass or Majora's Mask like f- aside from those few exceptions most of the games reflect the fact that each game is different and i don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing um and i honestly don't think we've had okay i'm I'm ignoring the cdi games (laughs) because you're gonna bring that up i don't think that there's been a bad looking zelda game or legend of zelda game um i just think that each like people people expect one thing and then they get another thing and while they don't think that they want it they do or if they like it, because I, you know, I didn't have any expectations going into Wind Waker when I first got it. Um, I only knew that it looked different, and I, it didn't look like the Zelda games that I was familiar with. But it was great. It's one of my favorite Zelda games. And so you kind of mm-hmm. have to go into it with that mindset of, you know, each Zelda game is different. They're all going to have this different thing that sets them apart from each other. Um, like, you know, the, the art styles for one, or the controls, or the, whatever. Um, <laughs> but that kind of is reflective of the series. You know, how sure. we have different different art styles, different characters. Um, and so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it's... <laughs> I, I Part of me agrees that it's very, very important. The other part's like, eh, you know, it's it's not that important because, you know, there are still some games that are good and they don't have, like, the best graphics for, you know, whatever console they're on. Um, yeah. But I, don't, I don't think that's like, ever I, been a problem. When I think... It's weird for me because art styles uh, matter to so many people. And there hasn't really been an art style for Zelda that they've come out with that I didn't end up enjoying and end mm-hmm. up loving. Um, and I think a lot of that's just because the gameplay is so great, so fantastic, um, that the art style just works. Like In Wind Waker, it, it, the art style feels right when Link is flying around in the air with his counters. Like The art style just feels like it belongs. Um, cause that's not something that you, that would maybe look as good, um, if it was saying like a Twilight Princess type art style. Um, cause in Twilight Princess art style, you do have some like finishing blows and stuff where you move, but it's not nearly as whimsical feeling. Um, so yeah, I don't know. To me, it's always been gameplay first. That, I mean, that is how the games are made. <laughs> um, art style matters. I think if they had a more consistent art style, the series actually might sell more game to mm. game. I, I, I don't style necessarily agree with impacts. that. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. It's okay to disagree. I, um, I'd i say like that... If, like, if they had stuck with Twilight... Like, let's say that the art style for this game was the Wii U tech demo, I think it would be even more hyped for. Yeah, but that was still slightly different than Twilight Princess. It was slightly, but it, was, it looked like a natural progression. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily, like... If that's even possible on the Wii U, I, I don't. There's I don't, rumors that it might not be able. To even, like that tech demo, they said might not even be able to run on the retail Wii U. I don't. I don't think so. so. Someone was examining it. They were saying it was running on on 
some dev unit that had a more powerful processor or something. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I just don't think that necessarily people look at games like that. I, okay, mm-hmm. I don't think people necessarily look at Nintendo games like that. They might look at games like, um, you know, Uncharted or uh, Assassin's well, Creed. The thing is, this is the one series Nintendo has that appeals to those fans. Zelda crosses boundaries. Like, a lot of Nintendo games, I would agree with you on that point, but, like, Zelda is one of those games that just... it. If you like adventure games, action-adventure games, you will like Zelda if it looks if it's in a style that's appealing to you. Well, I, I think that people associate Nintendo... Okay, this may not be the, the best thing to say now but people <laughs> people associate nintendo with a quality game um generally that's true uh hey reggie reggie fils just said hey i know the wii u's life cycle is coming to an end but uh we do have the highest reviewed games this no they, they have good quality games and i don't <laughs> think people look at despite the art style for a zelda game and they're like oh i don't know if that's going to be good because they have the same type of reputation as uh you know naughty dog or other companies that have like these long, not long, no, I don't know any uh, other game company that has a series running as long as The Legend of Zelda or Mario or something. But they're generally oh, yeah, very few. They're, they're generally well received despite whatever you know graphics they may have or may not have or art style. Um, and so I, I don't think that that necessarily determines the game for some people. I think it might turn people off initially. But you know, there's initial initial impressions can be everything. That's I think true. it is everything. Like, Yoshi's Woolly World, some people look at that and they're like, oh, it's yarn. And then they're like, I'm not going to do it. Like, I like the old, like, you know, style of, like, Yoshi's Island and, you know, I don't like this new one. I think some people, they do judge depending on, you know, if they see it. But Zelda's a little different, like you said, because they're, they feel especially so invested into it. I think, I think they react that way, especially if it's a franchise that has pre-built expectations. Like, Yoshi has kind of always looked a certain way. That's true. Kirby always looked a certain way. And now they look completely different, and people don't like that. But Zelda's always kind of looked different. Which, in response to Epic Yarn's bad sales, they have made, like, two really good Kirby games since. Um, I mean, don't remember, Epic Yarn was a really good Kirby it, game. It, it deserves way more recognition than it got. Like, those people are like, oh, but you can't die. I'm like, just play the game. <laughs> just, just play it. Get past the first few stages. You just... The game is magical. The, the music in that game is, oh my gosh. Yes. That's perfect. Um, all right, so obviously we spilled over a little bit to the next segment. That's okay, because we only have one person <laughs> with fan topics, and it's a person from last week. Uh, so Jose Bentacourt from our Facebook page asked a little four-question thing. I think they all kind of follow each other pretty well. So the first one he asked, this is a good one, since we have the hype man himself. Hey. Um, after Breath of the Wild, after. how do we speculate what is in store for the series? Okay, so all right, you know, go what? for it. Oh no, no, no! What were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? No, no, no! I already lost my train of thought as soon as you said okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's about to go. The okay, hype man, the hype man's all right, all right, all right. So, um, as as everything with Zelda games, and this even this even is in, uh, prevalent with Breath of the Wild and going off of a game like Skyward Sword. Okay, uh, we can use. Uh, so much stuff, especially since Breath of the Wild is going to be such a huge game. I'm pretty sure there's, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of lore connecting past Zelda games and potentially future Zelda games in the um, in the chronology. As we can see here, for some weird reason, there is a 
like a trend going on with the fascination of the goddess Hylia that was introduced in Skyward Sword. You know, uh, we thought that uh, she was going to be a one-time deal, you know, one and done because at the end of the game, spoilers, she does become Zelda. And that was the first ever game in the chronology. Yet we have like Hyrule that was already uh, built up and then torn down. And Hylia it seems to be a big deal once again in Breath of the Wild. And uh, that's one thing that we can use uh, in Breath of the Wild looking towards future Zelda games. You know, we can uh, learn certain things. What is uh, Calamity Ganon? How he became Calamity Ganon? Why was he locked away in the castle? Sheikah! Sheikah! Sheikah for crying out loud! We're going to learn more about the Sheikah finally! Mm -hmm. This race, or I should say this clan in the series has been... They, they've been the personification of the men behind, or not even men, but like, you know, like people behind the curtain. They've been behind the scenes in every single Zelda game, you know, helping the royal family, uh, helping, aiding the fight against evil. Yet we hardly know anything about them other than they serve the gods, and now the gods has become Zelda, and now they serve the royal family because of that. That's all we know. We always know they're on the brink of extinction in almost every game they've been in. We know that... Um, they're loyal to the royal family, and now we have Sheikah amongst this. This is the most. Uh, this is the most amount of Sheikahs I've seen in this in a Zelda game, and the game hasn't even come out yet. You know, there are so many things we can use to theorize in the future <laughs> of Zelda, uh, story-wise, gameplay-wise, same deal. You know, um, combat and everything has been evolving up until Zelda, uh, uh, up until each uh, Zelda game. Uh, that would come after every Zelda game. I'm kind of like repeating myself, but you know, it's that it's such that's such a good question, and it, this is I I feel that this is a good answer because there are so many things we can go off of when uh, theorizing what could be in the future of Zelda in terms of story, in terms of gameplay, and um, in terms of a character development and uh, their past and potentially their, their future. Up until Skyward Sword, we always knew Zelda was kind of special. You know, she's a princess of Hyrule. She has magical abilities, uh, wielded the Triforce of Wisdom. But up until Skyward Sword, we really didn't know why she was so damn special. Now we know she's the reincarnation of a goddess. That's crazy. And now it's the same shit with Gandorf. You know, why is this man in particular always coming back? Why is he always coming back and, you know, starting shit in Hyrule? Now we know why. He is an incarnation of uh, Demise's hatred that will always follow uh, Zelda and Link to the ends of the world, which is sad, but uh, it, it's something that uh, we know and we discover. Uh, we can discover so many secrets of the past of, of past Zelda games, and uh, from little like you know secrets and tidbits that we learn in Breath of the Wild, we can use that and expect and theorize on what we can get in future Zelda games. Same thing as we done with Skyward Sword. We are getting a lot of things yelling back from Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild, and that's nuts. And not only Breath of the Wild, we're getting things from uh, Ocarina of Time days. We're getting things from Twilight Princess days. We're getting uh, things from, you know, people are theorizing, hey, this could be Hyrule after the water receded. Things from Wind Waker days. You know, there are so many things we can go off of into the future of Zelda. And this is just, you know, scratching the surface. The game is not even out for crying out loud. And we, and yet this is all we, you know, we, we were able to gather this much. Imagine when the game comes out. So yes, there is a lot of ways we can go into the future of Zelda games theorizing, and that's that's my answer. Are you not entertained? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, you you said a lot there. That's good. Yeah. Um, I knew you'd be perfect. I I, I saved this question for you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So there, uh, th there's a couple things that I kind of look at when I, I look at the future of the series uh, because the the producers and the creator of the series have kind of talked about this. Um. Like, Miyamoto said something about a game. Um, like, he talked to Ijinoma about a game involving Sheik. Um, and 
that might be like more of a spin-off game because it sounds like uh, they've confirmed that Link's always going to be the star of the main games. So they could do like a side game showing the seven years in Ocarina of Time. Oh um, gosh. Which that would be fantastic, and that's that was something that didn't could, he, would be didn't he talk about the like the a thief themed game? Yeah, recently? That, yeah, that was a new IP. I know, but what if I, it, yeah, what if the new IP goes, is Sheik? Oh, it's not going to be that. <laughs> what if it is though? It's not going to be that. It, 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 it technically <laughs> wouldn't be a new IP. That's yeah, that wouldn't be. It'd be a spinoff game. That's not a new IP. Uh, what if they oh, spell it differently? Like, like the keyword, like new IP, like it means it can't be related to Zelda because that's not a new IP. Um, people want it to be, but like Idris almost said for years now, he's been wanting to do something besides Zelda. So I don't know. Anyways, well, as we talked about that in a prior podcast. Maybe we'll get back to that in the future if we ever figure out what this game is that he <laughs> may or may not be working on uh, with this may or may not be finalized thief idea. Um. Another thing that AJ Nomu brought up is that uh, he could see himself making another game like Breath of the Wild in the future. Um, at least one more game like it. So it kind of sounds like to me when he said that that they have ideas already in store for what the next big Zelda game is going to be. Um, and if it's going to take place, you know, it, it could even be uh, like a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, something that takes place after, like, Breath of the Wild sets the stage, and everything kind of ends with Calamity Ganon, maybe, in the game, but there's still so much, like, HMK is bringing up all these possibilities for branching off and story elements. Um, it can be really easy for them to follow that up with another game. Um, and re even reuse the engine, kind of go Majora's Mask style there. Um, or Triforce Hero style, whatever. <laughs> what, which, whichever way you want to go with it. Uh, reusing assets, and you know, coming up with another big, you know, open world game that doesn't take five, six years to develop. Um, and I think in many fans' minds, they would love that. Um, a game that is built on the same engine as Breath of the Wild, the same visuals, uh, maybe completely enhanced because it's on NX, you know, maybe they, they find new ways to make the engine even better. But then it only takes two to three years and they get it out and it's a sequel and everyone's happy. Um, well... Most people, but maybe he said he said that that, that they he would pref he would like to make one more game like it. Doesn't mean that game's going to come right away. Um, and like if NX is uh, what the rumors claim it is, you know, primarily a handheld device that also works with your TV. You know, chances are that the next Zelda game might be like a, another top-down one or something to that nature that's more uh, for taking on the go, um, but also looks obviously fantastic on your TV. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of ways you could speculate for the future of the series. Um, obviously, we'll be able to speculate even more once we get the play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, thank you so much for that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep answering your fan questions because I don't want to have your fan questions leak into next week as well. So we'll we'll cut our last <laughs> segment a little short. Um, so Jose Bentecourt also asked. Um, if it would spawn extra expansions, and how will the new system change gaming for other Nintendo games? Uh, so we kind of covered the idea of like side games, you know, like the Sheik game. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on how Breath of the Wild could impact other franchises? Nintendo. Games? I can see Nintendo. And this is my hope. This is my dream. I know that it. There's like a slim chance of it actually happening, but from what it sounds like from Breath of the Wild, they're going for a more story-focused game. Um, which you don't see a lot from Nintendo, at least like, you know, the main series Nintendo, like Mario, there's 
no, there's really no story. Like Bowser right. kidnaps the princess, and then you go save her. Sometimes there's other things involved. There's there's not a lot of like continuity or story there. Um, but I can see Nintendo maybe either making a new IP with story in it, or just coming up with new ways to breathe. For, okay, pardon the pun, but breathe new life into other uh... games because of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but like my my hope is that they take yeah. what they've learned from Breath of the Wild, you know, a big expansive game, um, new mechanics to try something new, um, to go with a more story focused game because you know honestly that's what's really popular these days. Even some of the side scrollers that are coming out have have a story to them, like a um, a big story. Like I th- is Limbo's a side scroller, right? You'd consider that a side scroller. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's got a story to it, um, and so. Not that Nintendo's getting left behind because they are still their own company that you know still produces you know AAA quality games, um, but I'd like to see them take the idea from this of adding story to their games and, and flesh them out a bit as opposed to oh well we don't need story because this game is good it's got good gameplay it's like okay but we can make that in better in many ways in many ways I hope that's what they have Retro Studios working on a new IP like just like a new IP yeah yeah I mean a lot of people have been wanting them to do one forever. Uh, but like a new IP that is more Western in that it focuses heavily on story because I don't think we're ever going to get that kind of IP out of Nintendo EAD. I think you're you're going to get you know more games like Splatoon, well, was, uh, which are fantastic by the way. Was Monolith Soft uh, Nintendo EAD? Was it like an offshoot? Uh, it's an offshoot. It's a okay. different company that Nintendo bought majority stake in. So like it's like a they call it a second party development. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So, because um, that game has, it's not the best story, but it's very story focused, very character yeah, very driven. Story focused, yeah. That well, was. Well, I mean, and it's an RPG, a Japanese. Yeah, RPG. yeah. But so it has it has a lot of Western influences in it. That particular game, yes. The yes. prior game does not. No, it doesn't. But Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Wii U. And it, they, it I does. think they said they weren't going to make the next one Western focused. They were going to go back to Japanese. But it was so good. Right. Yeah. Well, they, that's it. They keep going back and forth. I. Like just combine it all into one. Yeah, make a just not J- Japanese, not J U S A RPG. international. If Nintendo can change open world to open air, you can invent your own <laughs> your own RPG genre. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so just to make sure we get to his other questions, uh, Jose Bentecourt also wants to know um, what our thoughts are on if there was a poke uh, uh, like a, a Pokemon game as massive as Breath of the Wild. Like, if that ever happened. Pokemon Go. <laughs> That's probably more mess. <laughs> like, I, it's I, I the really biggest want... open world game ever. I really want a Pokemon MMO. Oh. A lot of people do. We'd never leave the house. <laughs> We'd undo everything Niantic just did. No, it, it, I think how they can make it work is Pokemon is so unique. They could actually make it, especially if they're working on some unified OS thing, um... That they can actually make it where you, there is a game you play it you go you go battle but like you can actually combine it with Pokemon Go and go out in the world and catch Pokemon to bring them into your game. Um, and then maybe that's how you catch Pokemon. You you're living in a utopia. In you have to go out in the world to get your Pokemon, but then you bring them into the game, and that's where you could like battle all your trainers, um, go in all the tournament modes, um, and, and there could still be an expansive world in that game. Uh, that you know, maybe you do catch some Pokemon in there. Like maybe, um, like 
you know, you go outside to get the original 151, but you could play the game to get the other 600 or whatever. <laughs> um, Pokemon like Stadium Go Coliseum. They already do that with Pokemon games, right? If you want all the Pokemon, you got to buy both games. Or know someone who has the other game. Or cheat. They have that trade system now, so I, I guess you maybe you don't even have to know anyone anymore. That online trade system. Yeah, the Wonder Trade thing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess maybe maybe it's not as complicated as it used to be when I was growing up. Uh, but the idea is that like so you have to have at least two people with the, with the, both versions of the game to be able to to kind of collect them all, as they say. Um, and I think if they were to do an MMO, they could still do the Niantic outdoor thing and combine it with the indoor MMO experience. I think Pokemon is like that one unique franchise you could actually pull that off with. But I, I don't know if they're confident and enough to do that. And it builds up the Pokemon Go phenomenon if for some reason it still matters. <laughs> by um, I don't know. A lot of people are upset right now with the recent update. It's... it's uh, the, Okay. In its defense, the game really wasn't great to start off with. Sure. It wasn't like, oh I my gosh, this is the epitome of video games. I, like, I think no. I, I think what I dislike about the game... Like I, I think in terms of just being like a collect all, capture gems, be on your little teams. I think that's cool. I think that alone is fine as an application. What makes me mad is that Pokemon has always been about going battling, out in the training, world, exploring, um, capturing Pokemon, battling and training. And I know that they're supposedly going to add battling and training in the future. That's great. Um, but like, what upsets me is I live, you know, out by a lake, a little bit outside of town. There's hardly any Pokemon out here. But if I go downtown, there's a ton of Pokemon. That doesn't make sense to me. Pokemon live in the wild. <laughs> so if I'm out in the wild, I should be finding Pokemon. But I'm not. I find them when I go to places where people live. That's not how well, Pokemon works. It's, so it's like, based around the Ingress engine, so it's it's going to do yeah, that. I know. But I know. But like that's something I wish they would improve. They'd be like, look, if you have cell signal and you're out in the middle of a field, you should be finding Pokemon that are in fields. You should not find field Pokemon in the middle of downtown where there's not even a tree. <laughs> like, it doesn't make... It just it field confuses Pokemon. me. Um, it's just... Uh, you can only get a Lola Pokemon if you go to Hawaii. That, that's the only thing that upsets me about Pokemon Go. Otherwise, I don't really care that like they made it so like the tracking, I guess, is harder now or something. And they broke a bunch of third-party apps. Like, I don't really care about that stuff. I, I think it all makes sense, but that's, that's for another time, another place. Um, yeah, so... As HOK originally brought up, a Pokemon MMO needs to happen. I don't even care if it connects to, to Pokemon Go, but, like, just, it needs to happen. I've been wanting it since I was a kid. They already fulfilled my catching Pokemon in real life, as they said. <laughs> so now I want my Pokemon MMO. What so if I can go to HMK's gym online and kick his ass. Oh, <laughs> yo, you want some of this. <laughs> I uh, want you, some. You, my team's going to be dude, better. Dude, what you, if it was a mystery dungeon this. MMO? You can't handle this. Yeah, it's because you're going to use hacks. I'm not going to use no... <laughs> man, what do I look like? That it... One of those people who complain from Blizzard when it's all like, Hey, man, I'm using aimbots. Get banned. <laughs> Please. I was in the battlegrounds. You're using a bot. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I, I still play once in a while. <laughs> it's okay, Nate. It's okay. Yes, I know. You can cry. It's a game that just, every time a new expansion pack comes out, it just sucks me back in. <laughs> um, Alright, so his last, uh, the last question he, had, he said, uh, or last topic, I, I'll, I'll call this one a topic, not really a question. What do we think, really, 
of the potential of a future Zelda game in virtual reality. Could it be fun? No. No. Maybe. No, I couldn't picture that happening. I think until virtual reality, we, we've we've talked about it briefly before. I don't think virtual reality is ready. And when I say ready, I, you know, there I'm mostly talking about the requirements to play it, not not the hardware, but the space you need. Um, a lot of people just don't have that kind of space in their home, um, especially to play uninterrupted. And I think like. You know, you have a wire running from your headset and stuff. Like, it just doesn't work well. Um, I know, like, there's phone options. Like, Samsung's got the little thing. Um, that's not the same. That That's not real. That, like, to me, that's not real virtual reality. I've tried it. It's not even close to as good as, like, Oculus Revive. The problem is that I don't think there's a single game out there right now that proves why virtual reality creates uh, a better I would game. disagree there with that. There are demos that show a lot of promise. But I've watched, I don't know, probably at least 150 different VR games. Because I want to love VR. Like, <laughs> the whole idea of virtual reality, just, it, it's there. It, I love it. But, like, I watch all these demos, and they look awesome. But they're overpriced, they're not very long, and they're not complete. And it doesn't sound like they'll ever be complete. Because their idea is just for you to play it for a little bit. Get that, oh, that's cool feeling. And sell you on that. Um, it's kind of like what the Wii did, to be honest. Um, gave you that, oh, that that's cool. I, I swung my thing, and my guy on the screen swung his racket. Like, that's cool. Um, and then you kind of get bored of it, and you get past it. And I kind of think that's what's going to happen with all these virtual reality games. I don't think... I, I could be wrong. I have not personally seen a VR game that looks complete and tells me that I need to own VR to play this amazing game. But that's I, just me. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not wearing a virtual reality headset as I'm watching people play this. But like, yeah, just I, I watch these videos. And I'm like, I, yeah, they look cool. I, I've used VR headsets. I think these demos are cool. They're really short. They're like forty bucks a piece. That's not attractive to me. And I, I, I've seen the Zelda games in VR, like Zelda One in VR, Ocarina of Time in VR. Like it, th- those look cool, but it doesn't, you know. I need to see someone take like a full AAA game and build it around the concept of VR before I can really believe that Zelda can work and be fun in VR. See what and I could I totally agree. What I could see the proof nice. for that game being mm-hmm. is IB, IBM Japan's doing that whole uh, um, Sword Art Online like sure. a standalone experience thing. Um, hopefully, based on how that does, they decide to take it further because that'd be freaking awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But seeing something like that and seeing if that actually does well, if it's actually good, because um, that would be a legitimate MMORPG adventure game in virtual reality, which would be really cool. Sure. Um, that's what, you know, that I think would be what, it should virtual reality be more than just a short-lived gimmick, I could see it moving towards something like that, whether or not I, it will, The coolest thing about virtual reality, from what I have seen so far, and experienced is watching movies. It is amazing <laughs> watching movies in VR. It's it's almost better than going to a movie theater. 
It is awesome. I don't know. That's, but I, I don't know. I agree with Nate on that because it's like if you get the right like software for it, it's like you're actually in the movie theater and you can look around. No one's around you. You can look up at the screen. You know, you could pan left, pan right. I, I don't know. I'm with you Nate on that. You can actually create the, um, you know, like the IMAX theater, how like the screen's all around you. You yeah. could do that in VR. Can't right you now. do that right now on Steam with Hardcore Henry? Because I know kind they, of? I know they released it on Steam, and I know that it's VR. I think it's VR compatible. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't have a VR headset here to test that, but um, yeah, that. I mean, it's entirely possible. So, like, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is, is I want to love VR. I don't love it right now. <laughs> um, a lot of people that have VR units um, that have played hundreds of games on them spent all the money on it because you know they have an audience that cares about what they think about these games. Um, are not impressed. Uh, they think there's a lot of cool ideas, zero complete games. Um, and that's what's really weird about these platform launches. Imagine that the NX launches and all it is is a bunch of game demos. <laughs> and they want 40 bucks per demo. Ugh. Like, that does not sound like something that people want, right? And that's basically what VR is doing right now. It's, we're releasing these super expensive platforms that if you want the best of it, you need a whole bunch of space. you got to inconvenience yourself. It's probably like a 1000 bucks bare minimum, for you to even get in on the ground floor with decent VR. And we're not, we don't even have full games to give you. We just have ideas that cost a lot of money. Oh, boy. Um, it's, <laughs> that's why I'm scared for VR. I, I, think, I think it's great. I don't think it's ready. I think it's being rushed to market before the software is there. Well, Nintendo's wise to wait for proof of VR to work before they even before give it they credits. Dive in, yeah. Right. yeah, like because they've but Nintendo's seen Nintendo's played VR. Yeah, they just well, they, they've said themselves they don't think it's ready. That that uh the Virtual Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's the, have you have you ever uh, used the Virtual Boy yeah. before? It is not virtual reality <laughs> <laughs> at all. Oh man, I mean maybe no. You know what? No, even back then they had better virtual reality than that. Yeah. That that was not. Uh, <laughs> I I appreciate that they thought it would you know that they were exploring virtual reality, but man, I don't know who at Nintendo saw that and like yeah we just got to rush that up. <laughs> <laughs> this like, needs to happen this now. Is, this is gonna be a big seller. Um. Anyways, uh. So we're gonna just quickly uh we'll spend about five minutes here, just talking about our favorite things that happened in video games this last week. Uh. For HRK, who doesn't, who probably doesn't know, uh, this could be like a, a favorite game you played. It could be a favorite piece of news. It could be about anything, not just Zelda. Like anything gaming. Um, let's start with Trey, since oh, little old Trey over there has been a bit <laughs> silent today. Um, I've been playing. I mean, this is news, not really. I've been playing Overwatch again. Uh, they just updated it where it's oh, the man. Rio. It's the Trey Rio pack. Yes, yeah, I know, right? What? <laughs> Uh, they, they just updated it with the Rio pack, so you could play with uh, the different, like... Well, the Rio games is the new Olympic Games, so uh, sure. they have, like, different, like, costumes and emotes and stuff. So and I'm they just have like... the Zika virus? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Too man. Soon. Oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, get in, play, get loot boxes, and get all the rare stuff before it goes away, I think, at the end of the month. So I've been playing and that And I still non-stop. have not turned Overwatch on since the last time I played it with Alfred. Play it this month, man. <laughs> Rio stuff. Because Olympic I just, Games. I know once I play, that's all I'm going to do that day. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too addicting. Game. It's too I addicting. I wish I had more time. 
Uh, let's go with Alfred. What's your favorite thing from the past week? Um, so I've been playing Civ Five, and I've never played a Civ nice. game before. But Zachy, he got it for the uh, humble bundle and gave it to yep. me, and yep. I, I can't stop playing. Nate, I'm addicted. <laughs> that it's, is a it's very bad. good Civ game to start with. It's it's <laughs> bad. I like I was I I drove we drove to San Antonio today for family vacation. And I, I was driving. I was supposed to be driving, and I did. But I was up till about four in the morning playing Civ Five. I, I could not stop. I was at war with Gandhi. I was destroying India. <laughs> it was perfect. And that's I didn't how the Civ stop. games work. <laughs> Civ games. I think my average game of Civ in any of them probably takes anywhere between fifteen to thirty hours. Yeah, it's it's um, time consuming. But that's but the way I the like game it. is. Like it's designed that way. Yeah. Um, and but it's very good at it. Like even though, like sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm just rushing through turns. I still don't feel bored. <laughs> and, <laughs> like it, it, Civ Five, um, to me, in my opinion, is the best Civ game we've ever released. It's the best Civ um, game I've ever played because I've only played one. <laughs> so yeah, like that's that's cool. Well, I'm glad you're a newfound Civ fan. Maybe you'll uh, pick up Six when that comes out. Yeah, but in terms of like game news, two things that happened this week. Ooh. I still have yet to play uh, the Batman Telltale series, but that came out today. Yes, I haven't played that um, yep. And I'm probably going to get that tonight after we get off the podcast. Um, nice. And I don't want to keep play too lo- or talk too long about this, but the new <laughs> Sun and Moon trailer that was released. Which one? The one that uh, with the Z There's forms. The US one with the, the ice Vulpix. Yeah, the ice okay, yeah, Vulpix yeah. and stuff. That sure. that looks kind of cool, and it I don't know. Because they talked about different islands and stuff, so I wonder if that that's yeah. going to replace gyms um, in, as the league. And I think that that'd sure. be really cool. And maybe they're changing because they talked about changing up the conventions of Pokemon somehow. So if that's what they do, and if it's completely not completely different, but if that's how they go about it, then I, you know, more power to them. And I am psyched for Sun and Moon. Nice, uh, HMK. Uh, I was gonna say the the Sun and Moon thing. Because nice. that thing got me really hyped. Uh, because <laughs> I was talking to my friends about it. How um, everyone there was a, there was uh, apparently a, a lot of the stuff that happened in the trailer got leaked, and everyone read it. Everyone on 4chan were shitting on these people who were leaking this stuff. And then now that it's true, everyone's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like nothing is safe. <laughs> nothing is real. What is Pokemon?" Because I mean, the the notion of existing Pokemon to have different types, you know, that's something they played around with Delta Pokemon, you know, um, in the card games where, like, Pokemon that we know are different types, like, you, like, a, like, a Pikachu would be a psychic type or something like that, um, and now these Alola forms are basically that, you know, these existing Pokemons in different forms and different, uh, types, you know, an Ice Vulpix, a Dragon-type Executor, what?! I mean, what is that? <laughs> so now, um, now that we have this, and now that we have uh, a certain trainer got revealed during the trailer, which kind of confirms a leak that was shown off a couple of weeks ago, which um, the final evolutions of the three stars got leaked because uh, in their yeah. concept art, uh, the character art of what we saw in the trailer was there. So everyone's like, okay, now the leak is real. So now everyone's going all over the place, and now it's like, well, what can we expect in Pokemon now? We don't know. Everything's on the table. We have these, like, Dragon Ball Z Z moves and stuff. Uh, we have <laughs> these Pokemon that are, di- that are different types. Uh, me and my homeboys were talking about Crystal Onyx could be in a Lola Pokemon um, from the anime. The Pink Butterfree could be in a Lola form Pokemon. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like it, everything is there, and Nintendo has not 
not slept on the anime because a lot of things from the anime are now in the games and you know uh, it's just the level of possibility in a pokemon game was blown wide open with this trailer and i love it so sure that's was. one thing nice and um pokemon obviously is and well not obviously for me i i haven't been a big pokemon fan for a long time uh loved red love blue love yellow love gold and silver after that i kind of fell away um i didn't like a lot of things they were doing with the series and I, I honestly, like, I've tried Pokemon games since. I think I own Pokemon X, did own it, sold it, because I didn't really like it. Um, and somehow, uh, watching these trailers, reading the press release, I'm into it again. Something about what they're doing is making Pokemon feel fresh. A lot. And... I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna end up liking the M product. As I said, I have not liked Pokemon games in a while. Uh, you know, I hate the fact that there's like 800 different Pokemon. I, I I've always hated it. I, I thought they ran out of original ideas like three generations ago. But it's 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 entertaining enough um, to me now that it's piqued my interest. And unfortunately, because I have lots of fond memories of Pokemon when I was a kid. If it if a Pokemon game piques my interest, I'm going to end up buying a day one. Even if I end up... Reg- uh, so far, I've done that for like three different other generations, and I regretted it and sold it the same week. Um, but I have hope. This one actually brings me legit hope, because it looks like it's not just a bunch of fancy new graphics and new Pokemon. It's trying to actually take Pokemon what it is fundamentally, almost like Breath of the Wild is doing for Zelda. Mm-hmm. And right. just kind of turn it on its head and trying a whole bunch of new ideas. And I think that Pokemon has been needing to do this forever. Um, and I, so I think a large reason I got bored of it is just it felt like I was just playing the same game I've already played when I was 12. Um, yeah, there's more mechanics and more of this and that, but it's pr- basically the same game. Except now they don't tell me i got to catch them all. And that was always mm-hmm. my funnest part of the game, catching them <laughs> all. Beating the Elite Four? Psh, of course I'm going to kick their butt. But anyways. Um, but... Since everyone else talking about Pokemon, I'm just going to say my favorite thing that's happening in video games this week is actually today. Uh, today I launched my new initiative, my new project. Something I've talked about on the podcast a couple times before. Nintendoprime.com. Woo! Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're visiting it right now and it's offline, <laughs> I apologize. Um, I bought really, really crappy server, like a really cheap server for it because I don't have a lot of money. And um, the today, when we're recording this, when we launched, uh, literally an hour after we launched, the entire site went down from traffic. Um, so thank you for coming to my new project and um, enjoying the news and the original editorials and stuff that I have going on there, uh, all about Nintendo, so I can actually talk about more than just Zelda somewhere. Yay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I do have a new server. I am working on a transfer. I've been working on it all day today. Uh, probably going to go into it tonight as I'm editing the podcast. Uh, so hopefully by the time you watch the podcast, it's on a new server and you're never going to experience these problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nintendo <laughs> Prime. Like, If you guys want to go check it out, go for it. It covers Nintendo news. It's got editorials. We're going to have a Nintendo Prime podcast on the line. Uh, I do cover our Zelda Informer podcast there as well. Uh, just because uh, the Zelda Informer podcast is actually not part of my quote-unquote job at uh, Zelda Informer. It's something I do 
because I want to do it. Um, and I'm sure that's the same reason you guys are all here with me on the podcast is because you want to be here and you enjoy talking about Zelda, passionately hey. talking about Zelda. We all know HMK does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From his channel on Zelda and Kingdom Hearts to uh, to uh, the many times I hear your voice on everyone else's theory video. What? <laughs> Well, you uh, never cameo in other videos. <laughs> never. Right? Never. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, go check it out. Uh, we, there's a Patreon for it. Patreon.com slash Nintendo Prime if you're interested. I really don't care if you come support it. Just, hey, it's something I did. <laughs> if it sucks, tell me it sucks. I'm cool with that. Hmm. Um, so that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, I want to thank our special guest, HMK, for joining us. No problem. Thank you so much for took, having me. T- took a few weeks, but uh, <laughs> hopefully if we have you on again, it doesn't take another few weeks. <laughs> nah, trust me, trust me. You know, it was just a very, it was a string of unfortunate events, like the Tuesdays. Oh, so is that going to be a new a new movie? Yes. <laughs> a string of unfortunate events. Um, and obviously, uh, thank my, my co-host, who hopefully will be here until... We yeah. no longer have a podcast, which will probably be when I die. Hmm. That's a sad day. Well, or when you Zelda when die. you die, Zelda I will series. be in charge of the podcast. Zelda series, don't die before me. Oh. Like live on, so my children's children's children can play. Um, and obviously Trey, our magnificent comic artist, who credit to him, he created the logo for Nintendo Prime. Thanks big time for that. No problem, no problem. It was fun making it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved how it turned out. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Thank you, everyone. You guys have a great weekend, a great week. Adios. Later days.